Blog Talk Radio. Well, I bet you all thought that I was dead or living under a rock, etc., etc. No, I'm actually physically here. <laughs> yes, just to dispel the rumor because I know people are looking all over social media wondering what's going on. Yes, I'm officially doing this wonderful show today with Nancy, this beautiful young lady that I actually met in New York City on my last trip with the Diamond Empowerment Fund. I want to do a couple of really quick announcements before we get her on the line just because I've been off of air for a while. So just to clear up the rumors and stories, or should I say what you saw on Facebook status earlier today, yes, I'm going to the doctor afterwards. Uh, I've been sick uh, for the last few days, and uh, I need to just get something checked out. So no worries. I'm going to get to the interview. We'll get off to urgent care and find out what's going on. So I'll keep you guys posted as far as that goes. I wanted to quickly let everybody know um, to check the Art is Alive uh, film festival at yolasite.com. That's my film festival. Everything has been updated for the schedule from August 1st to the 4th. So please go ahead and check that out. Tickets are going on sale July 1st. Um, so please, please make it a point to come to one day, two days, four days every day, every screening. Thank you so much. But please go ahead and check that out. On the opposite side of the fence, my sister uh, organization, or should I say my sister festival, Bedford Falls, for the first year this year, this is my collaboration with Michael, of course, that's going to be taking place on June 15th and 16th in New York City. It is going from 3 to 9 each day, both days, and we are screening a total of 15 independent short films as well as four feature films, all of which are black and white. We are still accepting submissions up until May 31st. If you go to www.filmfreeway.com Bedford Falls Film Festival. It's a submission fee, flat rate fee for everybody. $25 that's for shorts or features. No length, meaning we have no restriction on length or genre. So please send us anything that you can. If you have a referral for anybody who has a black and white film, it's crazy, but we're having a hard time finding black and white films. So um, if you know of anybody or if you have a referral, my direct email address is cin. 4251 at gmail.com. Otherwise, please go ahead and run on over to the Bedford Falls Film Festival Facebook page and leave us a message as far as that goes. Quick update on the MG Frax page um, and MG Frax, our clothing line in general, just to let you know after today, um, I will be doing nothing but radio shows for the next month and selling Frax. So, if you guys are interested, now is the time. We are officially launching. We are ready for business. We've got uh, the inspirational clothing line, which is my T-shirts. We've got the children's clothing line, which is for creatives that want children. Basically, we're inspiring children to want to be in the creative arts, and that's the uh, artist shirt for musicians, dancers, and singers. And then, of course, we have the traditional Walwood shirt, which is the first shirt that we started. So please go to www.mgfrax.com. Otherwise, go ahead and check us out on Facebook as well. You'll see that we have a slew of different events coming up in New York City in June. So please make it a point to go ahead and check those out. Last thing I want to mention, of course, is that we are about to release in the next month and a half Go ahead, please check out A Lifesaver. This is the first movie that I'm actually releasing. This is the one I directed with Michael, of course. So please, 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 called A Lifesaver. Go ahead and check it out. It's going to be hitting the festival circuit, if not in June or July, if I have my way. We'll have to see. So please, if you get a second, go ahead and check all that stuff out. So without further ado, I'm sure you're all sick and tired of listening to me. So let's get Nancy on the line and start talking to her about her wonderful nonprofit organization. Nancy? Yes. Oh, yeah, there you are. You're just like you were in New York City. She's right next to me. Hi. How are you? Hi. How are you? Well, I've had better. I, I have to tell you, I was like, <laughs> I've been miserable. I had to cancel on her the other day, unfortunately, because I wasn't feeling well. And we've kind of gone from bad to worse. <laughs> in fact, I was just Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, like, you sound terrific, so I have my say. Well, you know, this is like part of the job. You know what it's like because you run you run an organization yourself. When the boss is sick, the, the show goes on. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to show up. You have to do your job. And make no mistake, when we're done, like literally me and my blanket are running to urgent care down the road. So <laughs> I'm very, very happy that I'm going to go get checked out. It's nothing too major, but it's, it's major enough to, to be like lot. So I won't lie. I'm lying here in a blanket in my living room in a dress shirt, in a pair of pajamas. But we're here, and, and you're here. So thank you so much for waiting for me. I truly appreciate it. Um, I have a ton of questions because my audience doesn't know who you are. They also don't know how fabulous you are. So we're going to start off talking about just Nancy first, and then we'll lead into, obviously, the organization because, obviously, you're you. So people want to know a bit about you. So I met Nancy on my last trip to New York City, of course. We came to her office and got a chance to talk about the organization. So there's a few things that I know about you, and I'm intrigued to ask because I know you come from 
Obviously, you've done marketing before. You've worked for nonprofit and regular profit organizations. One of the things I found interesting about you, I didn't know you used to be the former president of the League of Women Voters. I thought that was awesome. I'm like, let's talk about that for a minute, only because it's such a hot thing going on with the voting and the president and all that. What intrigued you to work for the League of Women Voters, and what was that like? Well, the League of Women Voters is is wonderful because it's a it's a nonpartisan organization that um, listens to all views and then takes consensus based on a agreement of the majority of its members. And um, okay. I always feel that it's it you know the, the truth is not just you know one story. There there are many ways of looking at it. And by getting a group together that can express lots of different opinions, then you can come again to a consensus to find out what the way forward is. <clears throat> ah, very very nice. And you and of course, as I said, you had the two years sent there. I just thought that was so neat and interesting because I'm like the League of Women Voters sounds like something once again where you're aligning yourself with an organization where you can make a difference. And that's huge, especially women like yourself set yourselves as great role models for being able to make an impact in the world and in your area, I should say. So kudos to you on that one. I also know you're originally from St. Louis, which means you're not always, you haven't always been a New Yorker. I'm about to be a New Yorker. You're originally a Midwesterner yourself. So at what point did you leave uh, St. Louis and then start traveling around and doing all the stuff you did? Well, I grew up in um, in St. Louis, but um, actually my father had a job um, that took us to Europe. So my early part of my growing up days was spelled in Belgium, Brussels, Belgium. And I was oh there gosh. from the time I was in kindergarten until I was, um, you know, for about five years. So um, as, a, as a young person, I was uh, put into an all-French-speaking kindergarten and quickly as young young children can learned how to speak um, and because we were in um, or speak French and because we were in Europe it was very easy to travel um, and so my memories are not linear because I was very young but they certainly were impactful and seeing different cultures and just different um, geography was really intriguing to me and when we came back to St. Louis for my middle school and high school years um, it was a little uh, dry, shall we say. Um, I, oh. I certainly had a interest in um, travel and in exploring, and I think it really started from those those, those early days. Um, I went to a uh, a small university in Ohio, um, but was always interested in again advocacy work and in making a difference, and did an internship in Washington D.C. Um, I thought I was going to be a lawyer, so I did lots of different internships for nonprofits and corporate law firms and came to the conclusion that law was not what I wanted to do. And um, then um, was uh, hired by Leo Burnett in Chicago. And so, again, you know, experiencing different products and, and different marketing ideas from all around the world started my, um, again, or, or augmented my interest in, in, you know, what's happening with the rest of the world. And this was before the Internet. So, um, you know, of course, I'm dating myself, but, you know, it, it was such a different different time um, that, you know, you're, you're learning about other cultures and, and other ways of life was not as easy as it is, as it is today. But I certainly had the bug from a young age. Oh, sure. And, and I'm, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, one of the things I was thinking of because you have had the advantage that not all of us have, which is traveling country to country, place to place, how does that formulate, meaning do you have more of an appreciation for what you have here, considering you have been to different areas and places where people don't have it as well, meaning different cultures, et cetera. So do you find yourself being more appreciative of this, or have you taken some things that you've learned from other cultures and incorporated into your regular life here? Because I imagine it's a reciprocal effect. Well, it's interesting because, my first trip to Africa uh, was to Sierra Leone uh, when I started working with De Beers. And um, I didn't know what to expect, um, but what I found was such an inspiring um, community that from a Western eye, you look at it and it's like they have nothing, and yet what they have is integrity. 
and they have you know they they didn't grow up in a welfare state they weren't just giving th- given things to to them um as we traveled from freetown to the diamond mines in kwaidu uh we would stop for breaks and people would come up to us and and ask us if they would like to if we'd like to buy you know water from them or uh, or something they had just made but there wasn't the begging um there wasn't the entitlement that um that you get in um in the western um uh, culture, and so I was really um, intrigued and incredibly inspired. So I actually look at it as a reverse. It 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 made me appreciate what I have, but in the, in the same time, I felt that we were a little spoiled by what we have and and taking it a little ah. for granted. Ah, very very nice take on that. Lovely. I also see um, your mom. I looked at your beautiful children because, of course, I was researching you, and I'm like, we have to talk about your children if you're okay with that because I love talking about the, the kid factor. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've accomplished so much, and you've raised children. Kudos to you. My hands are down to you. I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at you. Um, so tell us a bit about your children, and moreover, are they involved in the nonprofit profit circuit themselves, or are they creative? Or tell us a bit about them. Well, I have a, a, a range of, of, of kids that have lots of different interests. My my oldest um, ended up being a um, an engineer and works on satellites um, for for Boeing in, in Los Angeles, which is is exactly not the brain I have. Um, but he uh, you know loves physics and 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 loves all the science, and so that's what he's into, which is really fun. Um, my middle son um, took a slightly different path. Uh, my husband is a is a sailor, and he ends up really loving working with his hands. And so he's doing a lot of boat work and and works um, in the marine area. Does bare boat charters to the Caribbean in the winter, um, and so really is sort of forging his own path. Um, and then my daughter, um, in fact, just graduated and. Um, unsurprising to some, she will be spending next year as a Fulbright Scholar in the um, Ivory Coast of Africa. Um, so she definitely uh, took my, my uh, I guess, my, my love of, of travel and took it to, to heart. Um, she spent a semester in Rwanda um, working with conflict resolution after the genocide. So so she definitely has, has the bug that, that I have um, in terms of, of making a difference. Um, but we all do it in our own way. So I'm very proud of each and every oh, nice. one of them. Oh, that's lovely. Absolutely lovely. Well, and plus, too, I guess I have to ask you this because I travel for work myself. But, I mean, how do you keep getting up and do I mean, all this traveling and – I mean, isn't it exhausting? I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, God, don't you just sit there like I want to be in an office for a month? Or are you perfectly content with the on-off on off sort of thing? I like the change of, of pace, but I also am blessed with being able to fall asleep on an airplane very easily. Um, <laughs> so I don't tend to get jet lag because uh, I love the sleep. So I um, am pretty rested when I get off those airplanes. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's impressive. Yeah, because not everybody can do that. I mean, it's pretty vigorous when you're doing it, you know, when you're active and you've got such a big career and you have to go from one place to another place. Plus, some of the places that you're traveling to, what's the average travel time to go out of country? Is it like seven to ten hours, if not more? Oh, that would be a breeze. Um, I uh, recently <laughs> oh, have been doing God. a lot of trips to uh, to India, and um, there's okay. now a uh, straight shot, which is about 15 hours. So... That's a really interesting experience. I get a lot of movies read uh, or watched, so that's a good thing. Yes. (laughs) 15 hours, that's like, oh, my God, that's well over half a day. I can't even imagine that. That's, like, wild. Wow. And then what's what's crazy with India is that they are, like, ten and a half hours ahead of you. So that's that half hour that really goofs with your brain because you're trying to make the math. What time is it in New York? You always forget the half hour, so it's just it's really right. it's it's um an interesting challenge. Oh my God, more power to you, lady. Let me just tell you, I think I can do that maybe once or twice a year, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm done with that. That's an awful lot of time. I mean, that's a, that's a big commitment. So again, kudos to you there. Now I see that you have been with the Diamond Empowerment Fund for almost eight years now. So I was curious to try to ask you, um, what what appealed to you? What was the biggest enhancement, meaning when, when you were looking at making a change and saying, I want to sign on and become vice president of something that matters, that's important to me. Why choose this over someone else? 
Well, it, you know, you're, sometimes your career, you, you, you can't really plan it. Um, things happen and you, you, you take opportunities and they open up a new window for you. And certainly I had taken some time off um, when I was raising my children. Um, you know, I think I joked with you 10 years. I figured they were old enough to take care of yes. themselves by then. <laughs> and um, I uh, was, that's when I was in, very involved in a lot of the nonprofit work I did. I was president of League of Women Voters. Um, and I just felt the need to get paid for my uh, my time, to, quite frankly. Um, sure. I, w- I was tired sure. of being the, the end volunteer that, that ended up, you know, having to be the one that always did everything and, and, and was just wanting to get back into the workforce. And it happened that um, one of my mentors that I kept in touch with um, from my advertising days was working um, at the De Beers account, which was handled under JWT, um, J. Walter Thomas Advertising, um, mm-hmm. about 10 years ago. And um, my first time at De Beers, my first trip was to Africa, um, was to, in fact, Sierra Leone. And um, I was able to see what a difference um, you can make, what a social impact you can make when you have a business that's working together, um, you know, to solve a problem. And, um, you know, when you have – I did some work and some consulting work at the U.N., and, I mean, all the kudos to them, but there's just such a, um, a hierarchy that by the time the money gets down to the people, it's just a, a little, just not enough, um, so much bureaucracy. Whereas when you have a um, business that, you know, has invested in making a change, they have metrics and KPIs and they have to report back to their, you know, stakeholders, you know, how many people did they educate, what was the, what was the effect, and you, you tend to get um, a lot quicker change and, and I think mm-hmm. a lot more profound change. And that's when I really fell in love with the diamond industry and with the kind of um, positive impact I saw happening on the ground um, where the diamonds mines were. That's where I started. Um, because if they don't have a healthy, um, you know, workforce, then th- they don't have a healthy business. Um, you know, De Beers, in fact, not many people know that, but, you know, during the AIDS crisis, um, they gave free antiretroviral um, medications to not just their workforce, but to their families and to the greater community. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a vital um, help in, in, in stemming what, what still was a, a, a tragic um, situation and in many cases still is. But again, it's their understanding that, you know, having a healthy community um, where they do business um, is good business. And so um, – you know, I just saw that you could make such a difference um, working hand-in-hand hand with the private sector. And so when this job um, became open at the Diamond Empowerment Fund, it was very similar to what I had been doing when I was working at the Beers and um, really couldn't wait to, to start in um, and, and continue this work. Oh, lovely. Absolutely. And yeah, as I understand, the Diamond Empowerment Fund is, was founded in 2007, of course, so that means you guys have been around almost 12 years, or 12 years, I should say now. So uh, in the very beginning when you first start out, one of the things that I wanted to ask about is this, and we've talked about this all before, it's kind of interesting how you have taken something such as the diamond industry in particular, bonded together all of these different heads of different businesses that sell diamonds, and you are helping people with things like education and business. And, and, And first off, the first thing I want to ask is, do these people, meaning do you have diamond suppliers and diamond businesses that come to you or do you solicit them? Or, for instance, let's say I happen to own a company. Explain to me how the process works, how they become involved with your empowerment fund. Well, um, we were started um, by um, by De Beers and others in the diamond industry in order to be able to more publicly show consumers how the industry gives back. Um, so, you know, I raise money, um, for, you know, still from De Beers. I mean, we're independent. Um, I have an, my own board. Um, so we are, are completely independent, but we are dependent on fundraising right. from the industry. And so, right. you know, being able to, you know, show them the, the, the importance of 
um, showing consumers, you know, the positive impacts of their work um, is, you know, makes them realize that, you know, by supporting what we do, it's really helping the industry to be able to better um, balance the narrative surrounding diamonds. Um, so it's more just getting in, in, in front of these companies so that they better understand what it is that we do. And it's not all of our programs. We, we, we call this um, kind of the, the Diamonds Do Good Impact. I mean, what the Diamond Empowerment Fund does is we um, raise money for the diamond industry, and then we put it back into education initiatives around diamond mining areas um, around the world, as well as in areas where the industry does business, like um, India, which is so important for cutting and polishing um, rough diamonds into polished diamonds. And... Um, you know, uh, so we call what, what the programs that we do having a diamonds do good impact. But in actuality, these companies are already doing so many of their own programs. But they never thought that it was important to tell people these programs, about these programs. Hmm. It, it, for many of these companies, it's just part of their DNA, especially the Indian community. It's, it's a hugely important part of their giving back to society. Um, but sure. De Beers also, for, for, for years, they've been doing incredible impact programs um, in Namibia, Botswana, South Africa. But they didn't really talk about it because they didn't know why they would needed to. Well, consumers now, and, and, you know, stepping up on the Internet question now that the Internet's everywhere, consumers yeah. can look and they can see and they want to see that companies are doing good. They, it's important to them that they're going to buy purchase, buy diamonds, buy luxury items, buy products. They want to know that, the, know that those companies are, are helping their community, helping their work, their own employees, as well as the communities around, their, around where they do business. So my job is as much raising money so I can continue with my own initiatives as much as it is encouraging these companies to tell their stories um, through the Diamonds Do Good website so that we can get these this information, this balanced narrative to consumers so they can see that there's a, a hugely positive impact um, that natural bo- uh, diamonds have um, in the world. Oh, absolutely. In fact, when I was doing some research, I, and I didn't even know this, too, and I, I'm a journalist, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I saw the name K Jewelers, I saw Sterling Jewelers, I saw De Beers, I saw Tiffany, and it just shocked me. I was like, I would have never known until I had come across you or your organization that these companies make it their business to be that charitable in their community and working with others and trying to help them, obviously. I also had a very limited education about diamonds, for instance, like we were talking about this in person. And to those of you that are listening in, I had no idea, truthfully, how, where you find a diamond, the history of diamonds. In fact, when I went on your website, even that was a smaller you know, I took the bits and pieces and I thought, I didn't know these things. Like I knew originally if you were looking for a diamond, where they're found, how you get them, et cetera. Um, I, I didn't know that most of them are at least a billion years old. That just blew my mind away. I was like, seriously, when you think about these things, you never really think about them. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, okay, we all know where diamonds come from to some small extent, but did I know that they were under or found or formed in volcanoes under heat? No, I did not. Did I know that they were made of, of pure carbon mainly? No, I did not. I'm like, this is just so wild. And as you have mentioned, you've gone to some of these places where there are, I believe there's a total of 10 countries where the most diamonds are found, as a matter of fact, and you've been to some of them before, obviously. Um, but this is, if correct me if I'm mistaken, but diamonds themselves, it's, it's kind of in youngling stage as it relates to human history, Correct. Meaning that we're still it absolutely learning. is. D- diamonds, you know, were formed before dinosaurs were on the earth. Diamonds were formed at the very beginning of earth, in fact. Mm-hmm. Diamonds surround the earth's core um, because when the earth was created, it, it had such a, a major pressure with carbon that there is literally a ring around the earth's core. And throughout millennium, the, you know, these volcanic eruptions that happened around the world, you know, blew these diamonds up into what they call like little kimberlite pipes or like veins. If you can imagine an explosion, it's this explosion of diamonds that, that forced their way up to, um, you know, near the, the, the top of the, of the ground. And what um, geologists do is they, look to see where there's a greater concentration of these diamonds, um, and that's how they start, you know, a diamond mine. 
takes a long time to develop a diamond mine and um you know what what modern diamond mining is doing is not only are they you know making plans for how to extract the diamonds but they are also making plans for how to put the earth back um once the that that diamond mine is completed in 30 40 50 years um and so it's a, it's a it's a total 360 process now um when they are developing these these diamond mines but the mystique of diamonds is being you know part of the start of time and and there's a, only a set amount of diamonds if you can imagine i mean the diamonds have exploded already from the earth there's not going to be any more so it's a question of finding right. the diamonds that exist and so it is a finite, um, you know, uh, product. And, you know, every diamond is different. It all has a unique thumbprint. Um, and so, you know, in fact, geologists are fascinated because um, sometimes diamonds have these inclusions. But these inclusions are actually traces of earth deeper than they've ever been able to see before. So they're actually finding out about how the earth was formed from diamonds which is, just blows my mind. It's just so cool. So when you think about, you know, wearing a diamond and you think about, you know, passing on to generations, it's because it's, there's, it's such a mystique, such a, you know, you know diamonds are forever. You, it, I know it's a marketing, right. you know, play, but, but if you think about it, they are. You know, they were there from the beginning of time. Not many products can say that. So I think that's, personally, I think that's really cool. Oh, absolutely. Well, and the other thing, too, is, and again, I'm reverting back to her website in part because when you guys check out the website, um, you'll be able to find the history. You talk a great deal about history of diamonds, of course, all these different fun facts. I did a little research myself. Another thing, another reason why we should be supporting diamonds, and you may not even know this, Nancy. I, it blew my mind. There are, there's a huge list of different benefits that diamonds have, besides the fact, obviously, that there's the whole love and the heart factor and all that good jazz. But apparently, diamond vibes have all sorts of abilities, meaning they can help with peace of mind, humility. It can cure, like, literal things can help to cure, like, ovaries, breast, throat, kidney, skin elements. It actually even increases sexual attraction. I was, it was blowing my mind. I was like, could you believe this? I mean, I don't know. Did you know that? I, I was like, that one I did, I did not know. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, certainly being being you know sharing a diamond. I mean, I think there's a romance to that for sure. But right, what you just said before, yeah, that, that you know, I, I I can see that though. There, you know, there, you know, when you have something that that started at the very beginning of time, there is a mystical element to 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 this yeah. that you know has has applications that you know who knows you know what else um can happen in fact um they're saying that um you know diamonds um can also be a um and, and the kimberlite that they are um encrusted in that the kimberlite absorbs co2 so that they're looking to be able to use this um to be able to help with global warming um, and De Beers oh is at the, the forefront of, you know, reclaiming the kimberlite, which is the kind of the the rock that the diamonds are found in. It's what what formed from the lava of the explosions. Um, mm-hmm. And so when you take the kimberlite away and you find the diamonds, you're you're left with this raw kimberlite. And the kimberlite itself, its properties are such that um, it can absorb um, CO2. Um, and um, so they're 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 working on ways of again you know using that to help with uh, with with not climate change of course but with global warming. That is just it just blows my mind. See, like I said, if we get anything out of this besides all the wonderful benefits of supporting the Diamond Empowerment Fund, it's that diamonds in and of themselves. Oh my gosh! Like I said, I I just I had no idea. I just find this so fascinating because you know you think diamonds, everybody seems to have a persona you know, about certain things. But this is just fascinating, absolutely fascinating to me. Um, now, I obviously want to say, in case you guys didn't get this, your fund supports initiatives that develop and empower people in diamond communities worldwide. So obviously you're doing this all over the country, of course. So I want to talk about the various different things, meaning let's talk about the Botswana Top Achievers first. Now, just so you folks know, this this particular incentive or initiative offers the top high school students a chance to attend a university of their choosing, and then what happens is thereafter they return back to Botswana to contribute to their own community. So um, t- 
talk a bit about the success you've had with that and in terms of um, how many, when we, when you talk about taking or selecting the, the top high school students, do you have like a set number per year that you do? Maybe just delve into this a little bit more and tell people that because Botswana is one area in particular I think that, that is rich when it comes to the diamond community. So that's an important initiative. Yeah, Botswana is, is, and thank you for bringing it up because Botswana itself is such an incredible um, example of how diamonds have turned one of the poorest countries um, in the world into a thriving upper middle class country um, because of the because of the, of the discovery of diamonds. Um, before mm-hmm. the uh, diamonds were discovered in 1967, the country had six miles of paved roads. It now has 7,000. Um, it had three schools. It now has over 500. Um, and it has free health care for its um, for its uh, citizens, um, and so you know it, it's also you know f- 50 years of you know it, one of the most stable democracies um, uh, ac- across uh, across Africa. Um, so it's a really huge success story because of diamonds and because of the country's um, partnership. Um, with using these diamonds for the benefit of their people, it's a it's a word that that was invented. That's actually now in the dictionary called beneficiation, which is where you know the natural resource like diamonds are used to truly benefit the people of the country. And when you talk about the youth, um, you know you know what, what's important for Botswana that's so heavily dependent on on diamonds um, is that that they get you know, young people that are able to get educated that can help diversify the country um, and that can help, you know, d- develop some of the it, its own, you know, issues with certainly there's always been a, a drought and there's there's other, you know, major issues that hits many of these sub-Saharan countries. Um, but the, the Botswana Top Achievers Program was, also, was actually developed through the Ministry of Education um, in Botswana. And um, interestingly enough, the head of the Ministry of Education, um, um, Mr. Masisi, is now the president um, of the country. Um, and, by the way, um, he will be at our Diamonds Do Good Awards, um, which are happening right. on May 30th in Las Vegas. So we're very honored that, that he will be there. Um, but so w- with the Diamond Empowerment Fund, because it's run, I mean, there's two people. There's myself and, an, and an, um, an associate. And then, of course, we have a board of directors of about 25 people right. across the industry. Um, but what we do is we work in partnership with programs that already exist. So we have identified and have done due diligence in all of the programs that we support, but the programs themselves are the ones that are doing the actual work. So we give money to these programs so that they can continue during the work that they do. But the Diamond Empowerment Fund itself does not administer the program. We simply don't have um, the network to be able to do that. So it's the government of Botswana that um, administers the Top Achiever program. And, in fact, um, again, at our Diamonds Do Good Awards um, later this month, in fact, just over a week, um, one of the Botswana Top Achiever students um, who just graduated from Stanford University will be speaking um, to to the audience and explaining how important, you know, the role of education and higher education has has played in her life um, as she plans to go back to Botswana um, to help um, with encouraging entrepreneurship workshops uh, across the country. So um, so that's just one example of, of one of the programs that we do. Um, similarly, um, there are diamonds in Canada, in the Northwest Territories of Canada. Not many right. people know that. It's the third largest producing um, country of diamonds in the world. And um, Northwest Territories has many um, indigenous cultures. And one of the things that the diamond industry has done um, is that they really preserve the culture and encourage um, the, uh, the, uh, the indigenous people to become involved in the diamond industry, both in terms of um, agreements um, on the land usage, 
um, agreements on making sure that the habitat and the natural wildlife are not being harmed, um, but also encouraging their young people to be involved in the diamond industry. And so we're working through an organization called the Mine Training Society and gave them some money for scholarships to help these young people um, either advance their careers in the diamond industry or to start into the diamond industry. So again, it's administered through the Mine Training Society, but it's a program that we've identified that is important in an area and it helps us highlight the importance of diamonds to the Northwest Territories of Canada and also the good works that not only the government is doing there, but the companies that are working there like Dominion Diamonds, um, De Beers is there, and the kind of programs that they're doing to, to support their community. Lovely. Oh, my gosh. And, and, you know, the Canada thing, I had known that, actually, and, and I meant to ask you that, too, because we had talked about this in person, obviously. But I could have envisioned you guys having a New York office, a Canada office, and then having two international offices. I just assumed that because I'm like, well, if it's got such a great, rich diamond you know, it's synonymous for the diamonds. I thought to myself, I could see you in Canada. Is that in the works? I'm just throwing it out there. It's probably not going to happen, but yeah, you never but, know. Well, it, it, it all depends on, you know, how much money we can, we can you know, bring in. Um, being a nonprofit, you know, our goal is to um, – keep giving back to communities, um, whether it's communities with the industry that's business like India or the diamond mining areas. Um, so, you know, if it were to take money away from being able to do the programs, then I wouldn't want to expand in that way. Um, one of the beauties of having two people yet having a very strong board of directors that spans the industry from diamond miners to cutters and polishers to um, jewelry designers um, to uh, jewelers, um, you know, is, is that we have a lot of, of great advice um, and, 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 and help, um, but we're able to keep our operation, operating costs very low so that the money that we bring in goes right back out, which is really what our intent is. Oh, absolutely, of course. Um, the other foundation that we wanted to talk about, or at least I know that I want to speak about, of course, is the Grace McKell Mandela Foundation. Just so you folks know, this supports bringing 20,000 Kazanans out of school youth and bringing them back to being educated. Um, I, I want to talk about this because it's fundamental for many reasons. Education or lack of education is becoming more and more of a problem in the United States and in other countries as well. I don't think people really realize that. And so this is landmark or, or paramount in my opinion in terms of these efforts, of course. Um, so again, I guess we want to talk a bit about why is this so important to be educating our youth? It should be obvious, but in this particular area, ta you've been to Tanzania as well, have you not? Or am I mistaken? Yes. I visited okay, um, I the programs in, in Tanzania, yes. Okay, I've got gotcha. you. So, uh, again, we want to talk about that a bit. And, and so talk about a bit about being in that culture because I can imagine it, it must be so – soul depleting, you know, when you've got these, these wonderful children that they have their whole lives ahead of them and they're lagging in such education and, and how it just must be so demoralizing. So, this, again, I find this particular incentive to be so paramount because this educational thing is just getting out of hand, in my opinion. But tell us a bit about your experience there and, and what success you've had with this this particular initiative. Well, again, um, I, I guess it's just my personality, my perspective, but, you know, I don't get depleted when I, when I look at, um, you know, the inequities. I, I more become inspired because there are organizations like the Grasa Michelle Trust um, who are helping and, and, and identify what, how, what an issue it is that these, these young people are falling out of, of school and to incentivize the family um, to be able to bring the kids back to school. And you have to understand, a lot of, a lot of the, you know, the third world, um, because the parents have not had schooling and they're, they're farmers um, and they, they, they don't understand the value of, of school, 
So a lot of the work has to do with explaining to the families, you know, why education is important and why it's important to be able to let their son or their daughter, you know, take the time away from the work that they did at home to be able to get educated because then what they can do is is get a higher-paying job than what their parents have done and help the community because one thing that, that happens in a lot of these um, third-world countries too is that, you know, it's it's not like in the United States where, you know, you get an education and then, okay, thanks, Mom and Dad, you know, I'm flying across the country like my son did, and I'll see you at vacations. You know, they're staying and they're they're helping um, their their um, their parents, but they're also helping encourage the 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 younger generation through their own example to you know, become educated and to be able to, you know, give back more um, than what their parents were able to do. So, um, so again, you know, Grasa Michelle, who, by the way, you know, I don't know if many people know this, but she is the only woman to be um, first lady of both Mozambique and South Africa. She was married to um, Nelson Mandela um, most recently before he passed. And um, she has always held education to be so very important. In fact, she was the first education minister in Mozambique. Um, and um, and so, you know, Tanzania um, really was a friend of Mozambique during the um, the, the wars that that were happening um, in that country. And so, she's always had a special look out for Tanzania and when she saw that there was such a a need to help get these young people back into school um she worked together with um different organizations and and churches um to be able to help you know put this program together and um through our relationship with with her we we honored her at one of our um Diamonds to Good awards a few years ago at the Global Humanitarian Award um you know that's how we established our relationship and how um she um you know came to us with this need and and we certainly helped it and and not many people know but um it was really Nelson Mandela who inspired the Diamond Empowerment Fund when when our founders had had gone to South Africa to um to see about starting this organization um and they met with with Mr. Mandela and and he encouraged them because he saw how important diamonds were to the fabric of southern africa and order in terms of you know the healthcare provided the infrastructure the education um and he encouraged um our our original founders to go back and and make sure that consumers understood the importance of diamonds so there's a long history of both the mandela family as well as um uh mrs michelle um for the diamond empowerment fund Lovely, absolutely. See, so uh, those two initiatives in and of itself are just mind-blowing to me. And not only that, I see at the end of 2018, your increase in giving was up by $75,000. In fact, I saw that on the website earlier today. That in and of itself is, is just breathtaking to me. By leaps and bounds, you guys are doing more and more and more in such a short amount of time, which is just a testament to your work and how impressive your organization is, as a matter of fact. Um, I happen to notice on there, folks, you might be listening in and thinking to yourselves, well, they work with the diamond industry, so they don't need us for donations. I say baloney, yes, they do. You do take donations, Nancy. Why, yes, you do. And in fact, not only do they take donations, but they have these beautiful I love the bracelets. I was online. You've got the two, the do good bracelet and the green, is it malachite? Is that what that yes, is? Yes, it's malachite. Okay. Green malachite, yes. It is. Okay. So basically, tell us a bit about that. Who these these are created from someone, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, obviously, you have a lovely tier program. Meaning, you on your website break down if you donate this and this is lovely because it breaks out and shows people if you give this much money, how it would help a student, how it would be able to provide for this and this and this. So um, tell us a bit about the bracelets, of course, and. Um, Obviously, you take donations uh, online, but as well, you also have the gala coming up also, but we'll get to that. But first, let's let's talk about that. So you do take direct donations, obviously, and um, these bracelets are part of an incentive of that, correct? Well, yes. They, they, um, the, the original malachite green bracelet um, that has two um, diamond accents on either side of the bezel um, was kind of the original um, bracelet that 
um, represented the Diamond Empowerment Fund, and and green was sort of the you know the color of Africa, the color of sustainability. It's you know it it it, it, it in our mind it tends to be you know associated with with good. Um, and so that um, that product um, is a way for individuals to be able to 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 help continue what we're doing, um, and also be able to have something you know to wear um, that reminds them of of the importance of giving back. Um, and that's really what that bracelet is about. Um, we we did a, a new version. Um, just you know, recently a couple years ago, which we call the Do Good um, bracelet, and what that is is a little bit more modern design with a leather strap, and it has um, you know on on one side um, it says you know Do Good and, and sort of graffiti, um, and on the other side it's it's sort of the diamond um, with again a, a diamond accent in there. Again, just representing what. You know what we do to encourage the industry and encourage others is is in your own daily life to to do good um, and to give back um, and to be thinking of others um, and that not only helps somebody else but it gives you satisfaction and gives you comfort as well. So that's what the the bracelets represent. And if people are listening in now, and let's say, for instance, that they wanted to, let's say they're in New York City or they happen to come to New York and they want to volunteer, do you have a need or, or need a, or have something in mind where if people show up, you're able to utilize them if they want to volunteer or sign on to something or, or they're parts of your organization that could, they can help to enrich? Well, there, you know, because our programs are overseas, um, uh, you know, around the world, it's 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 not like that. Like they would be able to, to to help on the ground there, but there are other things that that certainly that we we can do. Um, in in the events that we have, um, we we always need people to help out. Um, so there's there's those kinds of of things to be able to to do for sure. Gotcha. And I also know that we had a conversation, of course, because I know one of the things that you're trying to enrich is, of course, to to gain or, or gather a larger millennial audience. One of the ways that you do that is uh, we want to talk a bit about, I want to find out about the My Proposal Contest because I know on the website it didn't have a 2019 update. I just know that the submissions were closed. And so if you would talk a bit about the Proposal Contest and what is the status right now, meaning uh, are you going to be awarding that to someone in 2019? Um Yes, yeah, so this was this was an uh, an idea that we had because again, we're 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 trying to balance the narrative surrounding natural diamonds. And what better way to do that than to engage young people in what natural diamonds really mean um and the impact that they can have. So, um you know, because Botswana um, is such an important country um, for diamonds and we have such a close relationship and I've traveled through there so many times, that was the focus of our first proposal contest, um, meaning that was the grand prize. So we asked young people um, to share their proposal stories through video form because we wanted to be able to share them um, through Instagram and all. And so we had right. um, various uh, submissions and it was really, you know, the the tagline around it was real stories, real diamonds, real impact. And the idea being we wanted to hear the real story of your diamond proposal um, using, of course, real natural diamonds. Um, and then the winners would be able to go see the the real impact these diamonds have. So um, right. we have identified a a, a, um, a a winner. You'll see them on the on the website. Ah. And they are going to um, go to Botswana um, the middle of July, so in just over about six weeks. And um, the program that I have them on, or a program, I've been to each of these programs, um, and they um, are all on the site, on the website. So what we wanted to do is to show young people that these programs exist um, for real, and here are, mm-hmm. are people who are going to be visiting those programs um, and being able to then, you know, talk directly back with, um, you know, the the the, um, the digital community about what they're finding and about what they're seeing, so they can be more authenticators of of you know the impact that that real diamonds have. Um, so they'll be seeing um, a few of the programs um, that are highlighted on DiamondsDoGood.com, and then of course, you know, 
wouldn't be any any fun trip um, if you didn't have a incredible safari. Um, so <laughs> they will be yeah. going on a uh, a, a three day two night or I forget four night three day something like that um, safari, um, which I, I've been on when I'm there and it's there's just nothing like being able to see these majestic creatures up close um, and just the beautiful mm-hmm. the beauty of the Okavango um, Delta is just stunning. Um, so again, just to, to create a greater appreciation for where diamonds come from, um, you know, natural diamonds, the impact that they have on communities, um, and to be able to have um, young people share these stories directly with other young people. Um, we are going to be announcing um, an, um, another contest soon, um, and oh, nice. this time the grand prize will be going to the Northwest Territories of Canada. So um, oh, wow. to be able to see the Northern Lights, which I was up there um, a couple months ago, and just breathtaking, so interesting. Um, and there's just, you know, the, the dog sleds, rides, and it's just beautiful in the Northwest Territory. It's a real pristine um, area. And so um, the winning couple will um, have a trip up there um, um, for the 2019 contest. So, again, we'll announce it in 2019. They'll take the trip in 2020, just like the 2018 um, contest winners are taking the trip in 2019. That's very cool, actually. Now I'm feeling terribly jealous that I don't, I can't get into the proposal contest anymore, folks. We can't win it. God, doesn't that sound amazing? And that is lovely, and it's wonderful. And the other, the other neat thing I that I notice, folks, and when you go on the website, you'll be able to see this. Is there are other stories that are shared on there, student stories, all sorts of inspiring, touching, enriching sort of stories that talk about what your organization does, how you all work together, how you're affecting these communities and their education and their advancement professionally, personally. It's just so heartwarming just to see all of this stuff. And and like you had mentioned, not everybody knew that, that you guys are doing this. It's such an unknown accolade. And that's one of those things. It's almost like it, it's almost like that it's what charity is supposed to be, which is we're not running around and talking about it. And it's so lovely that you're talking about it and that we're seeing it and we're finding out about this. Hence, of course, that's why you do things like the Diamonds Do Good Award Gala, because we want to award some of these folks for the great work that they're doing, which, of course, is happening May 30th in Las Vegas at the Venetian, 6.30 p.m. Tell us a bit about the gala, meaning who is going to be honored this year, um, and, and most importantly for you, how do you, how do you pick an honoree? Because I won't lie to you, it sounds like every organization you work with is doing overtime to try to help out. You know what I mean? That must be a very, very difficult process. It's actually a very um, inspiring, um, you know, part of a part of the job, because there are so okay. many companies that are doing such incredible work that not many people mm-hmm. know about. Um, and that's right. I want to be clear too that not all the pro the stories that we talk about are diamond empowerment fund programs. We're just a small part. I mean, what our job is to is to really bring to light what all of the the industry is doing every day um, to make you know a positive impact uh, where they do business. So one of the um, organizations that we are honoring this year is called the Luxury Jewelers Resource Group, and it's a consortium of 12 family-owned retailers, um, jewelers across the country, Um, and you might have known it's like Lux Bond and Green, it's Hyde Park Jewelers, it's Days Jewelers, it's it's small, independent, high-end jewelers who make it a point to embrace and um, uphold um, and build the community around where their stores are. So every jeweler has some program or many programs that they are championing. Um, some are, you know, the help homeless shelters. Um, there are uh, Girls Inc., which is a, a, a national program, but with with um, statewide chapters that help young girls. Um, develop better confidence um, to be able to truly um, be the most that they can be. Um, There's just a gamut of programs that these jewelers embrace. Um, And again, they are part of the neighborhood. They are part of the community where their, their businesses are. And so because of the overwhelming 
programs that all of these jewelers support, we're honoring them um, with um, a Diamonds Do Good Community Building Award. Um, again, to showcase um, to the industry, but most importantly also to consumers, that um, this is an industry that truly cares about its employees, um, that truly cares about the community where they do business. And then on the other hand, on the other side, you've got the miner. So you've got kind of the origin story of where diamonds come from to sort of the destination story where the diamond is sold. Um, and not many people either know that diamonds are found in Siberia, in Russia. Um, and, oh. in fact, they are um, the largest uh, producer of diamonds in terms of sheer volume. So diamonds um, are are used for for not just gem quality, for engagement rings and, and milestones and, and celebrations, um, but the sort of lesser quality diamonds, you know, there's nothing harder than a diamond. And so diamonds are used for drill bits, um, for many, many applications because of their strength and durability. Um, and so from that angle, um, the uh, Russia is the leading producer of, of diamonds in the world. Botswana is the leading producer of gem quality, meaning the the most um, diamonds that you'll find that you will purchase for yourselves or for a loved one are found in Botswana. But um, but Russia is incredibly important to the diamond industry, and and the the diamond pipe um, happens to be in the remotest place in in in, in Russia, um, in Siberia, um, and you know they basically created a community out there called Mirny and Yakutia, and they you know you know provide for um, you know their um their education for again their health care they built their infrastructure you know it's a very remote area so they keep um um the community active um with um many many sports programs and athletic um you know uh programs um there's also again a, a very important indigenous um community um in Siberia and they preserve the culture um of the people and um encourage their um uh, uh partnership um in in the mm-hmm. in, in where they do the the mining and so because of um of of this and they they give like 3% of their gross revenues to the the to society um last year alone it was 150 million dollars um and because of that um you know we are honoring them with the Diamonds Do Good Community Stewardship Award um again mm-hmm. a way to raise the profile of diamond miners of of natural diamonds and the 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 positive impact these natural diamonds have on the community now by chance in just talking to you let's say for instance someone listened to the interview today and they say to themselves okay in my own personal community would you encourage us to find ways? How do we as people, do we have a way to spread the word a bit? Meaning, how do we let other people know the significance of diamonds and how they do good in the community and how we can do good, you know? How do we get that? How do we get your message out for you? Do you know what I mean? Is there a way for us to do that in our community as citizens? Absolutely. I, I think the most powerful, um, you know, community um, building um, vehicle these days is really the internet and digital, and right. we have a diamonds do good. Um, we have Instagram as well as um, Facebook, um, and just to follow us and to you know to share the stories that we have um, is hugely important, um, and and to also you know ultimately to To look at your jeweler, to look at natural diamonds, to 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 see that there's so much more to love about natural diamonds than just their beauty, but their impact um, and the positive impact that they're making, and and to spread you know this this balanced narrative surrounding natural diamonds is a huge help to the entire industry, um, and it's an industry that you know loves what they do. And you, I think you can all tell how passionate I am about about it. Um, and just to to spread the the you know, I hate to sound corny, but the good news. Um, and it is good news. 
absolutely, well, absolutely, without a doubt. I don't want to forget to ask this question, of course, because obviously we mentioned that the Do Woods Award Gala is coming up on the 30th, and I know that you have mentioned before that there has been or still may be chances for sponsorship opportunities. So if someone still wants to act as a sponsor, whether it's a cocktail sponsor or otherwise, is there still time for them to do that? Because I know they have to approach you directly for sponsorship opportunities as well um, Anything relative to that, is that still a possibility, including the journal? Absolutely. When you're in the fundraising business, there's never a deadline. (laughs) I was going to say probably (laughs) that. Now, do they contact you directly? Do they call you? Do they email you? Do they go through the website? What's the most efficient way? Because like I said, we all know the gala is coming up soon, so I know that you're probably terribly busy. Yeah, absolutely. The, the you know email is always the best way. Um, you know, and and um, you know, you're, I'm happy to have you share my email address um, with everybody. Okay, I gotcha. I was just going to say yeah, and of course, obviously, individuals can go and purchase tickets online, or can they purchase tickets at the door to be able to go? Because this is a little bit of a different event. I know that, and I did see that there were tickets available. But would you recommend they do that online as opposed to at the venue? Yes, it 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 just helps us be able to to plan. So so you know if you just you know let us know even even the morning of, um, that's fine. Oh, wonderful. Okay, good deal. All right, great. Now I uh, I have about a list of about seventeen different places where we can find you and your organization. So what I'd like to do is I'll read off all of them, and if I've missed anything, please let me know. Um, folks that are listening in, just in case you didn't catch it, the lady, the beautiful young lady that we're speaking to is a whole of 30. I've met her, I can adjust. Nancy Orham Lyman is her name, and that's L-Y-M-A-N. She is both the executive director and the vice president of Diamond Empowerment Fund. They can be found at the various places. Obviously, their website, diamondsdogood.com. On YouTube, they're listed as Diamond Empowerment, LinkedIn, Vimeo, and then on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's all the handle Diamonds Do Good. Also, the Diamond Empowerment Fund can be found on Facebook. Um, and, of course, Nancy herself has an Instagram as well as a personal Facebook page. Any other places where folks can find you? They can um, email me um, at n.lyman at diamondempowerment.org. Wonderful. And, of course, obviously, donations can be done, obviously, through the DiamondsDoGood.com website directly. Obviously, I'm sure if you call Nancy, she's not going to say, no, 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 I'm not going to take a donation from you, clearly. And luckily, myself, uh, Michael and myself had an opportunity to meet with Nancy, so our hope and praying is that when things settle down, we're able to talk about collaboration with your wonderful organization. We're both proponents for the things that you're doing. We believe very strongly in your mission. I'm here to tell you firsthand in meeting Nancy, three things that I learned right off the bat in that wonderful hour that we got with her. Not only is she passionate, but she's also proficient, highly professional, highly dedicated, and highly highly intelligent and inspiring. You really know your stuff. And, and when you say you know about your business, it's not just about nonprofits. It's about the diamonds. It's about the product. It's about the businesses you work with. You really know your stuff. You're A1, A-notch on top of it, 150%. So it truly was a privilege to be able to spend that time with you, of course. I also don't want to forget to mention, without the help of Matthew Wolf, we wouldn't be here right now because I did not even know that this lovely lady existed until Matthew came along and said, you know what, you got to talk to this nonprofit. He was absolutely right. I had to talk to you. You have been engaging and entertaining and lovely, and I can't believe it's been an hour, like over an hour already. But it's so. this is so fascinating to me. I just, I, I'm so overwhelmed and in awe of what you do, and I'm crossing my fingers and my toes and everything that the gala goes well for you. Um, in about two hours, I'm going to send you a copy of the link um, from Blog Talk Radio and YouTube, um, just so you folks know past what we're on. If anybody hasn't listened today, you can go back two hours from now. The archived episode is right there. Certainly, Nancy, I'm going to give you an open invitation to come back to my show anytime you'd like. You can come back and, and promote every month all year round if you would like. I mean, you're absolutely just fascinating to me, so I would love that. But, no, I, I'm, I'm wishing nothing but the very best for the, for the gala and for everything. And please, if there's anything I can do for you in the future, I'm just a phone call away. Just let me know. Well, you just made my weekend with all those compliments. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> but they're true. But it's true, though. You know, I mean, you know, as a woman and in business especially, how many of us in general ever really get someone to tell us, hey, you know what? You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You're good at what you do. You're appreciated for what you do. I'm a big believer in that. You know, if, if people never hear enough how much that they're needed and necessary, and you are needed and necessary, and, and even if no one has told you that, and you know, there should be an honorary award for you 
There really should be an award for you. You really are the wheel that makes this spoke go. Uh, the spoke well, my, re- go, my reward is being able to do this job. I, lo- I love this job, and I love talking to wonderful people like you, and I certainly hope that oh, you are you feel better soon um, and that it's all good God, karma yeah. going your way. Oh, thank you so very much, definitely. Yeah, you keep yourself in touch. Good luck next week, of course. Uh, I'm sure it's going to go wonderfully, certainly. I'll send this information off to you later on tonight, and then just, uh, like I said, let me know when I can do anything for you. I'm here. Thank you very much. Have a good night and a good All right, weekend. Dear. You too? Okay. All right, dear. We'll talk Bye-bye. soon. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, that was Nancy Oram Lyman. One more time, I can spell that for you, the last name. Nancy, it's L-Y-M-A-N. Again, the Executive Director and Vice President of the Diamond Empowerment Fund. Again, the website, diamondsdogood.com. Also can be found on LinkedIn, Vimeo, on YouTube, the handle is Diamond Empowerment. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, the handle is Diamonds Do Good. And then Nancy herself, again, has both a personal and Instagram page with the name Nancy Orem, that's O-R-E-M, and then L-Y-M-A-N. And then, of course, please check out on Facebook the Diamond Empowerment Fund page as well. And certainly, if you want to reach out, as Nancy mentioned, for sponsorship opportunities, for tickets, or if you just want to speak with her in terms of volunteering or straight-out donations, she is your girl. Again, Nancy, thank you so much for your cooperation and your patience for, for me having to reschedule, of course. And again, Matthew, if you happen to be listening or will be listening to this, I am indebted to you. Thank you so much for bringing me such a wonderful client. And of course, obviously, to you, the listening audience, I wouldn't have a show without you folks. So all of you that have listened in or will be listening in tonight, hats off to you folks. Thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. Obviously, of course, the weekend is here, which means I'm off. Yay! But good part is between now and June 14th, that would be the time that I'm taking another hiatus because we all know my kids go on vacation, so I'll be in New York with my loved one doing all sorts of work that I can't even begin to talk about it yet. Next week, I'll start announcing like the 8,000 events we're doing. But what that means is is that I am cramming in a total of, get ready for it, I'm counting them as we speak. It looks like 12 interviews between now and then. So, yes, you get 12 more opportunities to listen to me talk. Yay! Yeah, right. I thought so. So please go ahead and go to the Sins Check on our Facebook page or else go ahead and check my personal page. I will be posting up every single date and time probably next week. And then please make it a point to at least check out one of my episodes. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, I'm off to the doctor and we'll talk to you next week. Take care.